0: doubt it is a crippling disease how to avoid it will be the subject of our time today join us
1: and i think this happens all the time people have doubt around this particular area of their life they know that god is powerful they know that god wants to do great things in the earth but but they have a hard time believing sometimes that god can use them to do the things that he's done
0: the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, this is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. We greet you in Christ and would invite you to spend time with us today here in Matthew chapter 14. We're looking at verses 22 through 33. message today is simply called Dealing with Doubt. You struggle with it from time to time? Who doesn't? So what is the answer to doubt? How do we deal with it? How do we find victory over it? Those are questions we hope to answer for you today. So please join us here now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, Pastor Napoleon.
1: I want to talk to you all about doubt. In fact, the title of my message is Dealing with Doubt. Doubt can be dangerous. In some cases, saints, it can be deadly. We have to realize that when it comes to walking with God, he wants us to be people of great faith. He wants us to be people of great confidence, knowing that we're, we're believing in a God who is capable of doing anything that he needs to do in our life. He is capable of getting us to any place that he needs us to get to. And a lot of times, our lack of progress or our or, or lack of feeling blessed has to do more with us than it has anything to do with him or anybody else around us and oftentimes it's simply a matter of us learning to come out of doubt into a place of of true faith and for jesus when he walked the streets of jerusalem as he went forth with his daily life we see very clearly that this is something that he he had to constantly remind people about oh you of little faith he would tell people He said, if you'd only believe you shall see a lot of times we want to see before we will believe When we're walking with God. If we're going to see, we have to, we have to believe we have to be individuals that believe. Then we see, we believe, and then we see. And so walking with Jesus, this is, if you're going to be a Christian, this is something that has to be fixed and settled in your life. Or else you will not have, you will not walk with Christ very long. Heaven's currency is our faith. It's what gets him activated in our lives. And it causes sustained success when we learn to stay in this place of faith. But doubt is deadly. And we're going to see this here in the Bible. The word word doubt here, we're going to see this in the Hebrew, I mean in the Greek. It is... uh, It is a word, and this was interesting as I studied this, it means means twice. Just write down the word twice. Doubt means twice in the Greek. It also means two ways. It means two ways. This word here, doubt, it means to waver. It means to hesitate. And I like this. The word doubt means to be uncertain. Okay. Now, when you look at this, it's good because what it's basically saying is is the reason why there's uncertainty is because we're we're thinking two ways. We're thinking two ways. Matter of fact, the Bible calls it double-mindedness. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The Bible says, "Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable." So, what happens is when we have two Two ways of thinking is what the Bible calls doubt. And I look at this. It says, uh, it is a figurative word taken either from a person standing where two ways meet and not knowing which to choose. Inclining sometimes to one and sometimes to the other. Or from the quivering motion of a balance when the weights on either side are approximately equal. So you're standing there like this. And sometimes that's how our, our relationship with God is. It's just like this. On Monday, we over here. Tuesday, we over here. And it's, and, it's, and it's like we're, it, the Bible says we're wavering. We're double-minded. We're, our mind is sometimes I believe Jesus, but sometimes I just don't. In this area of walking with God, I, oh, I know I can do it, but in this, I, I just, I don't know. And, and so what happens is this is our lifestyle. We're, we're living a lifestyle where we're double-minded, we're doubting, and this is what doubt is all about. We're, 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 we haven't just thrown all our eggs into the basket. God, I believe you. No matter what, I will stay with you. No matter what. This is, I know this is your purpose in my life. No matter what. And so what happens to us is we end up getting frustrated in our walk with Christ. Frustrated in our journey. And our walk with Christ isn't as pleasant as it really can be because we're, we're, we're dealing with this doubt. And, and I'm going to today, we're going to just kind of expose some areas of doubt and help us to overcome when it comes to doubt. Because truth be told, all of us have doubted in our lives. I'm talking about on the other side of the cross. There's moments where you feel like, man, what? it's like your your equilibrium is off. And you're at a crossroad in your thinking. And every single one of us has to stop and say, wait a minute. The God that I serve is looking for me to believe him no matter what in my life. And if I'm going to have success with God, I have to be a person who is a believer and not a doubter. Can I have an amen, y'all? Let's look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, and this is a really, really good story. So what I've done is I've I've basically taken from the Scripture four instances where Jesus addresses doubt, and we're going to look at these instances. It says here in verse 22, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away... He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now when the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Man, Jesus is bad, (laughs) y'all. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a ghost? And they cried out with fear. For fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, what save me? And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, "O you of little faith. He says, why did you what doubt? Why did you doubt? And when they had got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. The first instance that we see here is very good because it it ultimately has to do with, now write this down, what's happening to me? What's happening to me? What's happening to me? In this particular situation, we see very clearly Jesus is walking on the water. He commands Peter to come. Peter starts walking on the water, but then when he starts to see His he starts to see his external circumstances change. The winds begin to to rage, and there's an unsettling under his feet. And what's happening to him? He's getting questions about it. He's concerned about it. Am I going to drown? Am I going to say I'm sinking? What is happening to me? As his external circumstances changes, we see very clearly here. He begins to, instead of keep his eyes on Jesus and the command that Jesus gave him, and now he begins to look at his circumstances more than he's looking at, at, his, at Jesus. And Jesus, he says to him, why did you doubt? And I think this is what happens with us as we're, we're living our daily lives, as we're going about our lives, and we're walking with Jesus. It's all going to plan, and then our circumstances change. Then life begins to change. We begin to develop some issues. Things start to happen. Things unexpectedly start to happen. Sometimes we have some waves in our lives. And underneath us, we don't feel settled. There's a shaking that sometimes is going on in our lives. And instead of us keeping our eyes on Jesus, we see very clearly, we start to magnify our circumstances more than magnify our God. And so what happens is we start to doubt we start to question in our mind what is happening to me? why is this happening to me? What is going on? this shouldn't be happening and we start we start to get into this this groove with God where we know God, we love God, we know that he's awesome, but right now I just am, I, i'm doubting right now because my circumstances are kind of telling me something contrary than in my mind i, I i'm i'm comfortable with and so peter is here and he's on these waves and what does he do he starts to take his eyes off the one who commanded him to come and i think this is the key to overcoming when it comes to uh what's happening to us external circumstances things that really to us may not make sense may make perfect sense to him and it's our job to continue to believe him, to trust him, to have faith in him, and to deal with doubt that is trying to keep creep into our minds. Never allow your external external circumstances to, de- de- to determine whether you're gonna believe in God or not. They don't dictate your belief system. Your external circumstances do not dictate your belief system. God is God all the time, everywhere, at all times. He's still God. Can I have an amen? And so what happens for every single one of us, we have to pause and say, wait a minute. When I'm in a situation where my circumstances begin to become contrary to what I envisioned, I have to learn to keep my eyes upon Jesus and to keep in mind his command towards me i want to keep my eye on jesus and i want to keep my my mind upon his command that he gave me jesus told him to walk he told him to walk knowing that the wind was going to rage it made no difference to jesus So Jesus tells him, why did you doubt? And I believe this is the same thing that happens with all of us in this room. The question is, why am I doubting? He's still God. He still gave me the command. He still told me to do this. He still told me to go this direction. He said, why am I doubting? I have to get fixed in my mind, saints, all of us. We have to get it fixed in our mind that this is a question that Jesus is going to ask us. The circumstances don't dictate to us what we do. It's what Jesus said to do. Can I have an amen? That's what dictates up. He said, come to the water. He said, walk. And what he's basically saying is, what I'm doing, I want you to do. I want you to experience this kind of life where nothing is impossible. And sometimes it's our circumstances that test our resolve and really, really answer the question to where we're at in our belief system. Everybody believe God when everything's good but let that storm come. That's going to test your belief system. That's going to tell you where you're, where you're really at in your life and doubt. We don't want to be those that are straddling the fence, wavering, double-minded. We, we're, and, we're, and we're sitting between two ways. I can believe God and I can't. We want to sell out when it comes to, man, this is what God said. This is where God has me. I know God is in my life, and he told me to walk on this water. I'm going to walk on this water keeping my eyes on him. Can I have an amen? amen? This is the first area that I saw here in the Gospels that Jesus addressed this particular subject, and it's around what has happened to me. Saints, keep your eyes on Jesus and his command to you. Number two, go to Matthew chapter 21, verse 18. Look at verse 18. It says, now in the morning, as he returned to the city, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered. It withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? Jesus So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not what? He says, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, he says, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will what? Receive. He said, believing you will receive. Now, this is the second point. And I believe this has to do more with which, and we'll see this as Jesus, they asked about the fig tree, but then he starts to talk to them about them. And so the, the, this number two, the point number two, and I like this, is what's happening through me? What's happening through me? Doubt that arises around what's happening through me. And and the question is, can God use me? Can God use me? And I think this happens all the time. People have doubt around this particular area of their life. They know that God is powerful. They know that God wants to do great things in the earth. but, But they have a hard time believing sometimes that God can use them to do the things that he's done. And so Jesus is sitting here. And he gives them an example with the fig tree. Then he begins to talk to them about this fig tree. And, and in talking about the fig tree, he's not talking about the fig tree. He's talking to them about them. He said, what you just seen me do, he said, this is what you can do. But what happens is, if we allow doubt to get in our mind concerning how God can use our lives, whether it's in church, in the business world, in the marketplace wherever, then what happens is we become double-minded and we're struggling between two ways. Well, God can use them, but I don't know if God can use me. But Jesus is telling them that I can use you, but what what has to happen is you've got to learn to believe me. You've got to get doubt out of your mind. And I think for every single person in this room, uh, areas around how God can use you, I believe there's people that struggle with this sometimes. And it's not a matter of You know, somebody holding you back or somebody not giving you opportunity. It's a matter of just simply believing when God sees fit to use me, I've made myself totally available. And I know God can use me the way he wants to use. Some people don't think like this. They're always pushing somebody else, you know, hey, man, hey, let's go share the gospel with this person. God wants to really touch this person. All right. Okay. You go first, though. Go first. Go first. Go first. And this is what happens. And why is that happening? Because a person is doubting whether God, you know, man, you're sick in your body. And ah, you know We need to call pastor. No, don't call me all the time. Call you. I'm not the only one anointed in this church that God. Hey, listen, let God use you. Let you pray for the person. You believe God. You know that God can use you as an instrument in his hand to affect change in the earth. And I think we doubt sometimes in our mind concerning this. And what happens is we're not seeing God use us the way that he wants to. And the key is, it's found really right here in verse 22, the key to this. He says, and whatever things you ask in prayer, he says, believing, he says, you will what? Receive believing. So when I'm praying, and I'm praying from a certain posture and position in the side of God, I'm praying believing. I'm praying with hope. I'm praying with expectancy. I'm praying knowing that God's word is true. Now, ultimately, I know I have to pray according to God's will. I want to be in alignment with what God's doing. I want my heart to be right. We know all those things, but at the, the heart of it all, this has to be fixed in us, our belief system. I'm praying, and I'm believing. And he doesn't just say, believe. He says, when you pray, he says, pray believing and you will what? Receive. One of the things that happens to us sometimes in ministry, and this is a key to all this overcome this down, is we want to receive, but we want to receive our way. This is a problem. Because we can pray in faith and be believing, and then God's trying to answer our prayer, but it doesn't look the way that we think it should look or come across the way, and so we don't receive basically the answer to our prayer. But we have to be open, allow God to to use you. A lot of times people say, you know, Pastor Kaufman, I'm looking for God to speak to me, and I need a word from the Lord. I say, oh, really? Praise the Lord praise god all right you want a word from the lord well open your bible to the book of ephesians and meditate on that passage of scripture well i already read that well no that's the word of the lord that's a word from the lord that's that's where this is the word from the lord i understand the prophetic been doing it for years we're going to talk about prophet but can we get in our bibles and know that that's a word from the lord can i ask somebody look at your neighbor and tell me you better ask somebody. We're trying to get five. How many prophecies do you need? You haven't even started working on the first one. God's trying to materialize the first one you got. You're trying to find another one. How many do you need? Open your Bible and and receive it. Receive a word from the Lord. This is what happens to us saints. We're believing, but it doesn't come across so we don't receive it. And I think for us, it's so important. It's the same thing. Your job, God may be trying to open a door for you on a job, but it may not be. It may not come across the way you think, and and all this other stuff. Because we'll pray to God, and then we'll we'll kind of create the parameters around which God can kind of make it happen. <laughs> oh, don't get me start preaching up any yeah. it. because yeah. we do that. God, I want you to move, and then God says, "Okay, I'm gonna move, but I'm gonna move like this." We said, that, "That's not what I'm talking about." Let God do it. He's creating a... Let him define how he's going to do it. And it's our job to receive. It's our job to receive. Balaam is walking, riding on a donkey, and God causes the donkey to turn around and talk to him. But at least he was smart enough to listen to the donkey when he was talking to him. That's God talking to me. Sometimes God will talk to you through your kids. He'll talk to you through people that you, don't, you wouldn't think they, he would talk to you. And that's fine. But are we willing to receive? I'm a believer, but I'm also a receiver. And in believing and receiving, I, I cast out the doubt that God can use me. That God can use me. God, I want you to use me to reach people. And we have this picture of us preaching on stage like T.D. Jakes in front of thousands thousands. God used me to reach people. God said, I'm going to use you. Yeah, praise the Lord. I believe God. God said, okay, go and talk to that person in the grocery store line. We've been watching too much Christian TV. Can I have an amen? Get yourself right. So that's point number two. Point number three, let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 16, on down the 20. This is good. What God can do through me, we see this. Can God use me? Matthew twenty eight, verse sixteen on down to twenty. It says, When the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but somewhat doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says, Amen. And this is point number three, and this is good because what happens here when you look at the word doubted, in this particular passage of scripture the context here as i study this is they weren't doubting necessarily who jesus was they were doubting what their assignment was they were doubting they worshiped him but then some doubted concerning where do we go from here what do we do now what is the next what what now what are we going to do that we're worshiping you they said they all worship that then some doubted okay what's what's the uncertainty now what what are we going to do and they're standing before this crossroad asking themselves what's next and for us sometimes it's the same thing when it comes to our assignment it's not that we know god will use us but what do i do next
0: Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 945